Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Good morning, noon, or evening, whenever you are listening to the podcast. The gospel of Jesus Christ is eternally profound and at the same time ultimately simple. It is by nature both, for the gospel is born from the decrees of the eternal creator of the whole universe. But it's meant for his simple sheep. I began this podcast with just the simple message of Christmas in mind, but it developed into a little bit more than that, a little bit different than that. We have been created to have communion with the Holy God of the universe. Mankind was created for that reason. Way back in Genesis, God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the coolness of the day. And we now have been recreated from the inside out, born again, to know intimately the Holy God of the universe. Not to just walk with him in the cool of the day, but to know him now and in eternity. And I probably don't have to repeat John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. <laughs> but I did it anyway. So we know we were created for communion with God, and we were recreated for communion with God. So I'm praying today that I have the ability to express the simple, yet beautiful, profound truth that we pray, talk to the Holy God of the universe and the eternal God of the universe sympathizes with us. He understands our frail estate and calls us to fellowship with him. So I am praying that that truth leads you to a consistent prayer life with Jesus. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. And as long as it's God's will, I'm the host of the podcast. And it brings me joy untold, which I can't really fully express, to be the host, to be privileged enough to talk about prayer to all of you, to everyone who listens. Today, because of our aim, what I've been praying for this episode, and the subject of it, it's made me a little bit pensive. And in that mood, along with everything else that we will hear in the episode today, I was thinking of who might be the host of the episode when indeed, or if indeed, the Lord designs it to go on after I'm gathered to my people, to Jesus, my Lord and Savior, if it were to go on, who might be the host? Now, over the years, my prayer closet has actually been wherever I happened to be, at home in my bedroom or in the front room in front of a fireplace, in my car, at my desk, when I worked at a particular place and the kids came to visit, 
Cassandra always called it my cuticle. When I was in my cuticle, wherever I am is my prayer closet. And I haven't really felt a need for a very special place. I may have mentioned years ago in Boise, there were several places that you could park above the city and pray over the city. And because of the odd hours I used to keep at bakeries, I often did that. People would be sleeping or going to bed when I was getting off work or coming to work. And so I would find one of those spots and I would just pray over the city and watch the sunset or the sunrise. Most of those places are gone now. I do know of one place where I can still do that. But I never felt like I needed a special room, a closet from which to pray. And I know it's scriptural. I know we're supposed to go in our closet and pray by ourselves. But like I said, all of those places for me turned out to be my prayer closet. And I don't know how he learned it or where he heard it. But somehow my grandson, my oldest grandson, Seven, knows of the concept of a prayer closet and has made his own prayer closet. And it happens to be in the corner of his closet. And he goes there in the morning to pray and to give the Lord his day. It's a wonderful thing. And he's eight, so maybe when I'm done, he will be the host of the podcast. What a heritage that would be. Our desire for the podcast is to encourage you to pray. And as I was thinking of the simple gift of Jesus being born in a manger, our Savior being born to us, his friendship, that gift to us, brought several things to mind. And one of the things that is true is... I have a friend, well, I have several friends, actually, a few of them that I've known actively as friends for a very long time. One of those friends, however, has been ubiquitous in my life for more than 50 years. If I could do math at all, I'd probably have a pretty precise number because I know when we met in grade school. And since then, he has been my friend. So there's no use in crying over spilled uh, arithmetic tables in precisely how long we've been friends. But we have been close friends our whole lives. He is as consistent as my parents, my brothers, still in my life. And we've traveled side by side through every phase of life. We know each other so well that it takes very little communication for us to understand what we're saying especially when it comes to things we find humorous. And I was reminded recently, after I made kind of a dark joke and thought that I maybe needed to explain myself to him and apologize, and he reminded me that I didn't need to apologize, that he understood completely, and that our sense of humor was pretty much the same. And that humor also helped make us friends and helps make us friends. And in fact, his friendship is so natural that until very recently, I really hadn't given any thought to exactly how comforting it is to have him as my friend. A few weeks ago, it occurred to me, because we're both struggling with different life-altering infirmities, it occurred to me that even after 52 years, we are still walking the same path together. And that simple truth is somehow, for my soul, profoundly comforting. Now, I mentioned all that to remind us 
that although our conversation, our prayer is to the, to the God, the almighty God of the universe, the master, the creator, we are not talking to someone so removed from us that he doesn't understand. And we do indeed pray to the God who knows everything, but he knows us not on a perfunctory level, just because it's his nature to know everything. The simple good news is he is he has experienced life with us, and he understands. And please don't make any sort of mistake. I do understand in my soul the mystery of what I have just told you. At this time, in the United States, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Jesus, who is the Christ. And today, we want to reflect on the simple truth that God was born into the world as a human baby with the express purpose that we might have that intimate friendship with him. And because of his purpose, he really does call us to talk to him. Today, again, we're going to follow our Puritan roots. We are going to see, A, that the Bible tells us we pray to God, our Savior, our High Priest, our King, and he is able to sympathize with our weakness. B, we're going to see his experience in the flesh shows us that he walked as we walked, and he does understand and does desire our prayers, communion with us, us talking to him. And then we're going to see C, that him who now is seated at the right hand of God in the very throne room of heaven tells us from his own lips that we are his friends. So when any preacher, anywhere, or any teacher, anywhere, exhorts you to prayer, keep in mind that he wants to talk to you. The purpose of the gospel of truth is that he desires communion with us. Again, theology is deep. He doesn't need it, but he desires it. And he desires us to commune, to have conversation, to pray with him, however you want to say it. He wants to hear from us. And he went before us. The book of Hebrews is wonderful. Jesus went before us. He walked in a similar manner that we walked. And he's not restricted in hearing us, you or I, because his experience is so utterly different than ours. Hebrews 4, 16 through 18 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things, as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive a mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews is great. And that is a direct call, a direct call to God's people to talk to him, to pray. And that word, that Greek word that's used there, sympathize, I just love the the expanded definition of it, is being touched with the feelings of others. He understands. He's been touched in his feelings with us. And it's not pity. Like the one guy used to say, pity the poor fool. It's compassion. It's sympathy. He is king, but he is also, as we will see, our friend. And we are exhorted into the throne room of God. 
especially in our time of need. So we see that he was touched with our infirmities, and he has sympathy and understanding for us. B, he was born in the flesh. That's one of the mysteries. That's one of the profound things of the gospel, is that God Almighty came in the flesh, born of a woman. Many years, a songwriter wrote a song, and one of the lines was, he came into the world in the usual way. It was very unusual for Jesus, but he came into the world the way we all have come into the world. And he grew up like every child. He understands what it's like to be even a child. And we see his great love for children throughout the gospel. And he was treated like a child. Do you remember when he was 12, I think? And his parents visited Jerusalem, and then they took off, and they got a day away, and guess what? No Jesus. And they had to go back and get him. He was left and forgotten. I don't know if that ever's happened to you as a child or if you've done ever done that with your children. I personally don't like practical jokes at all. I was going to say very much, but I don't like them at all. My wife does like them, and our son Freddie, he got that from her evidently because he likes practical jokes. And one day we were shopping in a bookstore. I was shopping with him in a bookstore. And for you younger people, I don't really want to explain what a bookstore is. Go ahead and do a Bing search on it and find out what bookstores used to be, if you want. But in this particular bookstore, they had um, tables. They call them dumps in the retail vernacular. But they they were built on a frame. And then it was like a box that was put over upside down over the top of them. So think of a hollow box, a little bit off the floor, with books all over them. And we were walking around the store, and Freddie was close to me. And I just happened to look up to see him climb into one of those dumps. That's what he liked to do. He liked to hide. He thought it was funny. And we have several stories about him hiding, and hiding for a long time. And I was so thankful that I just happened to see him climb up into that thing and then stick his head down just to see if anybody noticed. And I think I let him for a few minutes be there by himself, and he was very patient. He would wait. But I thought, what a terrible feeling that would be if I didn't know where he was and I couldn't find him. And him, thinking it was funny, would have hid longer than it would have been appropriate. But that happened to Jesus. His parents forgot him, probably because he was so compliant and so quiet. But they forgot him. When they went back and found him, you remember just as a, a Fred phrase, the, he said, I'm a, I, where did you think I would be? I'm about my father's business. And that incident ends in Luke 2.51 with this statement. It's talking about Jesus. And he went down with them. So he went back and came back to Nazareth, back to the verse. And he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, men. So from the human's perspective, he grew up like a little boy. So he knows, he understands all that stuff. Like I said, he even understands being left behind. And when you think about his life, I'm going to steal a little bit from Paul. Have we ever been embarrassed in our lives? Of course we have. But very few of us have been spit upon. We've all had hardships of one or another, one kind or another. But very few of us have had to go 40 days without food or water. In the extremes of his life, he was beaten. He had the embarrassment of being naked in front of crowd, a big crowd. 
He was hated. He was feared. All the things that we've experienced as well, he experienced them only to a depth that, that we can't understand. He knew his circumstances were not out of control, out of God's control, but he had to have some semblance of how we feel when we see our circumstances as out of control. And he was even estranged from his loved ones. And for that brief second on the cross, he was estranged from the Father. And so our God, our High Priest, our Savior, understands, he sympathizes, because he's walked the same path that we have walked. And see, he himself calls us his friends. In John 15, 13 through 16, it reads like this, Greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. And so we see Jesus himself is calling us his friends. And believe me, I know the gospel is profound. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is our King. He is our Father. He is our Master. And all of those titles have their own implications, their own blessings, and their own responsibilities. And if God is gracious in time, we're going to look at each one of those in the context of prayer and encouragement and devotionals and probably all of those contexts as well. But today, we are focusing on the fact that he is our friend. And as friends, we communicate, we talk to each other. He wants to hear from us. Again, in the book of Hebrews, at the end of chapter 11, we are told that all the Old Testament heroes were actually waiting for the fulfillment, the fullness of their promises to be brought through us. And again, that theology runs deep, but they were waiting for us. And just a couple of things that have been fulfilled in their waiting for that promise or in the promises that they were given. Moses at one time told Joshua that he, Moses, if he had his way, all of God's people would have the Holy Spirit all the time. In Exodus 33:11, it says that God talked to Moses just like a friend. And then James tells us that Abraham was also called a friend of God. Think for just a minute the wonderful life of communion that Abraham and Moses had with God. And be astonished that you are in that same place of communion. It's a privileged place. And we have the Holy Spirit and we're moved by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, our Savior, calls us his friends. In a similar manner then as Moses and Abraham, we have God as our friends, as our friend. And the next time you're tempted to think that God doesn't want to hear from you, or maybe that you don't have time to talk to him, remember, he is our friend. We have that privileged place, just like Moses and Abraham, Job and all the rest, and we are called his friends. There have been times with my friend that I, I talked about before, there have been times in our lives when we have not been close to one another in physical proximity. Life has taken us in different directions at times, and we haven't been close. And way back in the olden days, children, we didn't have cell phones and we weren't able to call all the time. And yet, in any of those times of extended separation, I never doubted or feared his friendship or losing his friendship. And it didn't matter if it was 
a few weeks, a few months, or a few years, when we were reunited, it was like we just saw each other a couple of hours ago. And I do pray you have such a friend in your life. And if you are a Christian, I know you have such a friend in your life. Only this friend, because he's the Holy God of the universe, and because he promised never to leave us or forsake us, is with us all the time. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And I do know that there are promises in the Old Testament that are not ours. But if you want to turn to Hebrews 13 and read verses 5 and 6, you're going to read this. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? You have that, friend. And moreover, in this case, he is never far from you. We sometimes feel far from him. And I'm convinced, we can talk about this at some other time as well, that sometimes he pulls away from us a little bit so that we don't sense him, so that we draw closer to him. But he's never really far away from us. And our friend Jesus is as close to us as the indwelling Holy Spirit is. Our friend calls to us. You can't wear this passage out. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. And we've said it before, that's not a call to a place. That's a call to a person. That's a call to have communion with God Almighty, giving to him our burdens, taking his rest, taking his yoke from the gentle and humble friend that we have who knows us, who's experienced life with us and resting in him. And the simple truth, the simple gift from God, the Christ born in a manger, leads us to the most profound truth. He's walked this way before us. He understands. He has promised to walk with us all the days of our lives. And he has promised never to leave us or forsake us. So there's never going to be a time when he is not with us through all this life and through eternity. We, you and I, have access to the throne room of our friend, the King. And I'm praying that God will open the eyes of our heart that we may, by faith, come to him, pouring out our hearts and our souls to him because he cares for us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today. We do thank you for sending your Son we thank you that that most profound truth is at the same time very simple. Because we, the sheep of your pasture, are simple. And I thank you for that. And I bless you for your coming to us, living your sinless life, and dying for us. And I do thank you and praise you that we can pour out our hearts before you because we know that you understand our souls, that you're with us wherever we go, and that throughout all eternity, we will have the Holy God of the universe to commune with. We thank you and bless you that you lead our hearts to these mysterious and profound truths and that we can glory in you 
Help us to come to you each and every day in our prayers and to talk to you and listen to you in your word. We know that that's your will. We long for that communion. And so we commit all these things to Jesus Christ, our Savior, our God, and our King, and thank you that you are our friend. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you the peace that comes when we abide in him. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Free Range Preacher. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us for our next broadcast coming up soon. For Fred and myself, this is Richard Durrington saying, Make it a godly, fun-filled day.